Well, here we go with another great episode <laughs> of Rough Cut. I'm JB Jones. And boy, is it rough. I'm <laughs> I'm Alan Seamich. And we are going to be talking about photography today. Yes, we are. Which is super exciting because that's your field. Well, one would hope. Yeah. Uh, it is and- exciting. It is also, I think we should say to people, an episode that we hope is helpful to both jewelers and young photographers. Right. Because we're going to be covering a lot of legal nitty-gritty and lots of little details like that that most people are not not privy to. Not privy to. Right. Take so, well, I think what was really cool when we were planning this episode, meaning when you were planning this episode, yeah. that you said, oh, I wish I had known this stuff before. Would yeah. have changed everything. Oh, my God. I remember the first year that I had my business, and this is coming from having have worked for other photographers and at professional studios. Uh, it's just one of those things that uh, you're not typically taught at school nobody sort of sits you down and explains to you okay so you're going into commercial photography here are all of the things that you need to know if you're starting your own business right right and it's also something that i uh, it's also something that could have saved me quite a few headaches when i first started my business so i'm really hoping that we have got young photographers in our audience today who can take something away from this because this is all stuff that I wish somebody could have just handed me a cheat sheet about. So I was better prepared. I ended up having to learn the hard way. And trying to become successful as a photographer in this town is hard enough. Right. This stuff should be stuff you know. But in the same vein, it should also be something that jewelers know because I found that after five years of doing this, I'm always quite shocked at how little understanding most jewelry companies, especially young ones just starting out, have of any of these details that we're going to cover today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think also what you said about in this city, it doesn't even apply today anymore. The way that you can start, you know, nowadays everyone's so connected. Yes. You don't have to be in New York. So even better now to share this information when it must be so hard to enter photography because it's a global market. Now. It's a global market. And the great thing about what we're going to cover today is that they apply pretty much globally. Even mm-hmm. in different countries, the rules tend to be similar enough and the concepts tend to be similar enough, especially when we're talking about copyright and terms of usage agreements and those mm-hmm. sorts of things. So that's why I think whether you're working in New York, LA, London, Paris, Tokyo. Photography, jewelry. Photography, jewelry, fashion, darling, Fabulous, gorgeous, yes. You know, all of that stuff. The rules are pretty much the same across the board because the industry is kind of standardized in that way, at least for commercial photography specifically. So I hope this So great. Yeah, it's great. Let's do it. Oh my God, I'm ready. Let's provide some information. Okay, so let's start with copywriting. And the first question is, who owns it and why should I care about that? So copyright. This is a... Thing I'm asked about constantly. And this is something that as a photographer, you should absolutely know. And this is something that as a jeweler, uh, you should know and you should have a deep understanding of because it very much impacts the way that you're going to be doing business. Uh, so copyright in the United States, and this is specific to the U- US, this little bit about copyright, by default belongs to the photographer. 
I don't care that you're paying me for a job. I don't care what contract you've handed me. The copyright is mine for life unless I willfully sign it away. Mm, okay. Uh, what do you think, JB, I think of signing away your copyright as a photographer? <laughs> uh, it's a bad idea. It's a very bad <laughs> idea. So, I mean, I'm sure the jewelers would love it or anybody who owns a business would love for that to be the case. So Anyone, can, yeah. Yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah. But it's a terrible idea for a photographer. And I would say to all young photographers out there, whether you know it or not, everything you've ever shot, you own a copyright to that for life. It is yours. Mm-hmm. And in the United States, that happens by default. You do not have to sign anything. You do not have to file for a copyright. As you took that frame from your camera, the copyright belongs to you. Mm -hmm. There's a small kind of gray area, or it used to be a little bit of a gray area. I, I think that it's sort of generally much clearer now in that it used to be the case that you could make an argument that if the camera the photographer is using is registered to somebody else that then the photograph belongs to whoever the camera is registered to. Mm. Uh, nobody's Nobody works that way. Okay. The truth of it is, if you're the person clicking the shutter physically, you are, mm. and your title for that day is photographer, the copyright belongs to you. Okay. Period. Got it. And your clients can tell you anything they want. The copyright is yours. And when jewelers <laughs> are working with a photographer and they're interested in having the copyright be theirs, is it okay to just have a verbal agreement with someone? Or? Never. Okay. Never. A verbal agreement when it comes to copyright is meaningless, right? Because mm-hmm. the law is always going to side with the photographer should it ever go to court, right? Mm-hmm. You and I can have a verbal agreement about copyright, but if I decide to sue you over the way that you used any of those images, uh, the court is going to side with me because mm-hmm. by default, by law, the copyright is mine. A verbal agreement means very, very little. And you should never be making verbal agreements about any of this stuff. And I'm saying this to jewelers as well. Uh, You should have great, a great deal of clarity about who owns what, and how the images are to be used. Now, is there a reason that you as a jeweler should want the copyright of the images? I mean, you can want a lot of things in this life, right? (laughs) Doesn't mean you're gonna get it. But I guess, okay, because I don't understand how any of this works is... (laughs) If, a lot of people don't. If you're a jeweler and I'm having you shoot those photos mm-hmm. and I want to use them, is this – I mean, I feel like that's the thing. Like, I hire you to take the pictures yes. and then I can use them however I want. No, that not what you're telling you us want. is not the not case. Not however you want. Now, okay. and, and you're getting to the next portion of this, which is super important. Oh, okay. Which is – no, you, you did a fabulous segue there. Oh, because the, it's called usage terms. But They're called usage terms. I don't terms. know what that is. Oh, my God. Let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you, so a couple of things I want to say before we get into usage terms is if you've ever worked with a photographer before and they did not hand you a usage terms agreements for any creative work they've done for you, a campaign, anything mm-hmm. of the sort mm-hmm. – I would seriously question that photographer, right? Because this is something that the photographer should be educated about and should understand. Again, disinformation, I was never taught it when I first started my business when I was younger. When I first started my business, I was also taken advantage of by people who did know better. And this Mm. is why I wanted to, in part, do this today. Right. And the the more you know. The more you know. And I keep getting the same questions over and over again for years now. So I figured, okay, we got to cover this. Somebody's got to put this out there. 
so without having, you know, to hire a lawyer right. to explain all this to you. But so usage terms, uh, given that the copyright is by default owned by the photographer, mm-hmm. a usage terms agreement outlines how the client is allowed to use the images. Okay. And the photographer. Yeah. And, and, and this is sort of where now you as the client are actually getting what you paid for, right? Mm-hmm. When you hiring a photographer you're not buying the photos don't think of it of it in those terms you're purchasing permission to use them you're licensing them mm. and that usage term uh, terms of use agreement or usage terms agreement can stipulate the amount of time that you use the images for oh, the length of time so it can uh, typically if you're talking about fashion campaigns jewelry campaigns that sort of thing uh, usage terms agreements tend to expire after six months, after a year, or you can make an agreement with the photographer to leave them open indefinitely. Mm-hmm. The photographer's fee should shift accordingly. Because if, for instance, you're booking for a campaign shoot with models, etc., and you're going through agencies, they also have usage terms. And the way that it typically works is that when I cast for a model, Mm -hmm. I say to the booker at the agency, these are the terms of use. Because the booker will typically, a professional booker will always ask, okay, so Mm -hmm. what are the, they'll typically write very casually in an email, what are the terms? So you'll hear that expression in the business a lot. And what he, what the booker means by that is, is it six-month usage? Is it one-year usage? Where are they going to be used? Are they going to be used for paid advertising, et cetera, et cetera, or just on the client's website? All of those varying kinds of usage and different lengths of times of usage mm-hmm. impact the model's fee. And yeah. they should also impact the photographer's fee. Mm-hmm. You should not be giving people indefinite usage for nothing. Yeah. What I want to drive home And the reason why the law is sort of on the side of the photographer when it comes to this stuff in general, especially in the United States, um, your work has value. And the value of your work contributes to the value of somebody else's company when they hire you to produce Mm -hmm. campaign photography or anything of that sort. You're helping another company make money. Therefore, intrinsically, your work has value. You as the photographer are not being done favors by your client. So you need to protect your work and you need to protect the fact that your work has value. So that's Mm -hmm. why this stuff is important. And this is what I want to say to young photographers because it's a tough business to get into, especially in a city like New York. It's such Mm -hmm. a competitive field. I just, I'm feeling like what a heavy lift for jewelers who have no money. Well, that's where it can become really hard. And this is where I often have conversations with clients who are just getting into this business that this is part of your cost of doing business. I mean, mm-hmm. you know that this is not this is not a cheap business to get into. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not producing fine jewelry, this is still a very expensive business to get into because yeah. of all of the costs that have nothing to do with producing jewelry. Mm-hmm. There's all this other stuff like photography, uh, marketing costs, PR agencies, right. all of this stuff that you have to do. And it's, it's tremendously expensive, yeah. uh, but that doesn't mean that you're somehow like entitled to work on the cheap either. 
this is sort of the nature of the business. It's also very expensive to be a photographer, run a professional studio, equip it with professional gear, to have photo assistants on set. All mm. of that overhead is tremendous. There's an enormous cost there. And they, like jewelers, are also in a very crowded field, yeah. competing against a lot of other people who some of whom have much more in the way of resources than they do for starting out. So it, it's both parties are in the same mm-hmm. position, really. Yeah. You know, and the photographer isn't trying to get one over on you. The photographer has to protect his or her work just as you, the jeweler, mm-hmm. are protective of your work. Right. So let's talk more about the jewelers in this capacity. Yes. Like what are things that – how do, can they go into this situation like – Armed with the right knowledge, like where can they see a usage term, I guess, and mm-hmm. where can they get familiar with this type of stuff to know that they're being protected? And also, can they negotiate these things? Absolutely, they can negotiate. Okay. It's a very standard part of the process to have uh, sort of a photographer send you a usage terms agreement. And then, I mean, obviously, before even an agreement is ever sent, you mm-hmm. should have a conversation with the photographer about all this stuff, obviously. Yeah. Um, again, if you are trying to have this conversation with a photographer and they're looking at you like you've got seven heads and they don't even know what this means, then then I sort of question working with somebody like that only because you are going to be putting the images out in a commercial context, mm-hmm. uh, which means that the law applies to those images whether you sign an agreement or not. Mm-hmm. And you can get screwed over. So if your photographer isn't knowledgeable, you need to be, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to apply either way. Right. And uh, what I would say to jewelers is before an agreement is ever even drafted, and I have kind of a template of an agreement that I always send to clients. It kind mm-hmm. of looks pretty similar. The fee structure is pretty similar for extending usage terms, etc. But I always have a discussion before I send that. And even after I send it, I, I'm always open to a back and forth with the client. Yeah. So a client will say, okay, well, this says it's for six months, but it's this fee. How much does it cost to extend it for a year? And I'll give the client a number. And I usually will give a client a number based on how they want to use the images. So for instance, if you just want to use them, a campaign uh, photograph or series of photographs for a year purely on your website, that's going to be a much lower fee than if you're placing adverts in Vogue. Right. That's going yeah. to be a much higher yeah. fee, obviously. Yeah. So photographers should be structuring their fees based on how you're actually using the images. Right. As a general rule, uh-huh. the more eyeballs on the photo, the more they cost. Right. That makes sense. Well, and I, I think too, I mean, because, you know, Jewelry Week and also in my own personal experience mm-hmm. coming up as a creative um, I went, you know, to art school and when, you know, for the good, for the first 10 years out of art school, I'll say, I did collaborative projects with my friends, right? Mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough my friends were photographers and stylists and lighting designers and graffiti artists as well. So we had all these like sort of resources yes. at our fingertips. Yes. And for anyone out there who's in a similar situation, whether you, it was school-related or just the fact that you live in a very creative environment even, mm. I know lots of times like it's – and I always tell people this, get creative and use your community, right? Exactly. And so in these creative situations when people are um, exchanging work 
not for finances, mm-hmm. right? You're at a similar level. Everyone's trying to reach their goals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, back when I was doing this, obviously we didn't talk about these agreements, but that's probably a good thing to start having those conversations. Even if you're at a level with your jewelry business where you're utilizing your friends in your community, yes. that it's still probably a great thing to say, hey, here's what we're doing Here's where we're going, even if it's not even at a protective level, but as a let's learn about this stuff together. Yeah, I think that what you're getting at is sort of it's important to do it regardless of how you're going about it. Right. Because I know plenty of jewelers who are first starting out, they'll hire like a kid out of school or somebody who is still in school and to try to help them like, you know, with the first photo shoot, that sort of thing. And then the idea is that you know, the the young photographer who doesn't have maybe a book or a portfolio yet can have the opportunity to build a book. Mm-hmm. Um, am I a fan of anybody doing anything for free? No. Yeah. You know, so I have to put that out there that it's I just like... I well, just... I have to interject because I'm the opposite. Uh, right. I'm very much on like the community projects, like right. using using the resources you have around you, especially I think in New York, you know, I have so many creative friends and oftentimes it is a pooling of our our goals, right? Sure. We've, we've done this before too where we're like we just want to do something that's fun, yeah. right? Yes. Something that will like show the world what I'm capable exactly. of, Exactly. Right? So, and I understand those. I mean, there are plenty of times the photographers are going to be in position where they are doing free work. I mean, if you're doing like editorial work for a magazine, it's practically free. They're certainly not paying you enough to like cover your costs or even give you a decent fee. That's just how editorial works. I don't even like saying that's just how editorial works as if it should be a given. It really shouldn't work that way, but it is what happens. Mm -hmm. So uh, I understand doing work to build a portfolio. Uh, And especially when you're sort of just starting out, and that's going to happen. Whether you're exchanging money or not, the rules still apply. So whether that photographer knows it or not, whether there is an exchange, monetary exchange of any kind, that Mm -hmm. photographer still legally owns the copyright to those images. And that's just something that it's important to be aware of. And I think that it's a good idea, even if there's no money exchanged, that there is an agreement in place. Right. I, as a young photographer, if I'm building my portfolio, I would say, okay, I obviously own the copyright, but in our terms of usage agreement, what I would like to stipulate is please don't edit my photography, Mm -hmm. for instance. And that's something that I put in all my agreements with my clients. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to retouch my photos that I took for you. If you want something tweaked, changed, etc., Tell me, and I will do it myself for you. No worries. But uh, I will not allow a third party uh, that I don't know that I'm not working with, even if it's uh, like, you know, I occasionally work with retouching assistants myself, Mm -hmm. but they're people that I pay who sort of are working under the umbrella of my company. Right. So outside of those parameters, I don't want somebody else touching my photos. Right. Well, and for the jewelers on the flip side of that, Mm -hmm. I think for jewelers out there, it's really important to have in mind what the end use is for these images and Mm -hmm. what you want those to look like. Yes. Especially if this is going on your social media or your website. Absolutely. I mean, when you think also about the trends of visuals that are happening there, certainly in social media right now, it's not so much about that editorial vibe because we're all trying to sell 
on Instagram, it's about a single item shot. And when you work with a photographer, you're styling a whole look, oftentimes that can be missed. So you have to communicate with them, hey, this is what I need it for. So that at the end product that you receive in your hand will be what you need. Absolutely. But also, I mean, I think yeah, I do a lot of work in social media. I do a ton of cropping of images mm-hmm. and the way that we need them to work um, for social, for jewelers, for selling on Instagram. So you really have to be mindful, I think, and prepared when you go into this, that this is a, a partnership yes. with this photographer. It's not their vision or yours. It's a meeting in the middle I'm of so selling happy something. you said that just now, because I think a lot of people don't, I, I, a lot of people treat photography like I'm paying for a service. This is exactly what I want. Perform for me mm-hmm. it's not how photographers roll yeah uh, most photographers i think we talked about this in a previous episode at some point we tend to be a prickly bunch <laughs> and i've done a yes. lot in my in my time to you know refute that stereotype clearly <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly we tend to be a prickly bunch and we get into photography because we have a vision right so you're not just hiring me to execute something you're hiring me for my taste level you're hiring me for my vision, for my eyeballs on the thing. So that's part of the calculus there mm-hmm. too. Hire a photographer who already produces work you love. Right. Don't exactly. hire somebody and try to bend them into something they're not. It's it will not, never work. It'll never work. It will not be a happy marriage. Mm-hmm. And the photographer will make your life a living hell. Right. I mean, but, I would. Right. <laughs> right. But also, I think trust on on both sides. You know, I think... What's so wonderful, going back to that like collaborative sort of environment, is to work with people that will surprise you. I mean, within a parameter, of course. Look, I yeah. know this is your your business toolers and you want it to be a certain way. But it's great to work with an artist that can hear what you're saying and maybe and amp it up it. a bit. Amp yeah. It up, in a way it. you couldn't vision because you're the jeweler and you're excellent at that, but yeah. the photographer is so good at the photography and hopefully. let them do it. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully when you're hiring somebody who is talented, hopefully that is the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is that, you know, when you're a photographer, this is the only thing you do. If you're a professional photographer and you're not just somebody who does this for a hobby, this is the only thing you do. And all I'm beset with every day is photography. Mm-hmm. So my idea of a good photograph is going to be very different from most of my clients' idea who don't engage with photography nearly as much as I do. So oftentimes a client will come to me and say, this is sort of an idea that I have for a shoot. And then I'll come back to them and say, this is what I would love to do for you. This is what I think makes sense for your jewelry. This is the model we should hire. This -hmm. is what the photograph should look like. And I present, I give them a little kind of rundown of this is my plot. I don't recommend what I'm about to say to most I'm like, people. <laughs> the thing Wait of for it. Working with me is one, you're gonna get a fabulous product. Yes. I'm of gonna course, say yes. this with zero shame. I'm one of do the best it. at what I do. Okay. Yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah. And I know it because I know what's out there in the market. I'm also incredibly stubborn about aesthetics. Yes. Uh, so when you're working with somebody like me <laughs> I just all like you're like his his hand was motioning to the invisible presentation and I was like and then you say nothing because he won't listen. <laughs> you say it's gorge. Spoiler alert, you're not wrong. <laughs> Generally how uh, I operate is like 
the way that I tend to do things that a lot of my clients who I did uh, shoots with recently, we're recording this on March, March 17th is today. A lot of my mm. clients who just did shoots with me like early March pre uh, uh, late February, you know this about me. Uh, and some of you have never done creative with me, but just did creative with me. You know that I'm like, this is my plan. This is what's going to happen. It's going to be gorgeous, spectacular, fabulous. <laughs> yes. Da- end of conversation. Then shoot day comes and the client says, you were right. It's so gorgeous. I'm so happy we did exactly this. And I'm like, yeah. I know. Yeah. I've been doing a song enough. I understand. Yeah, you know. I know. Well, good for them because I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> I am always the client who's like, but what if, But you know, what if we do it this but way? But what if we and do see, this? And I would be the one who goes, yeah. then go buy a yeah. bloody camera and go do it yourself. <laughs> no, that's not true, you guys. No, no, no. We, I, you know, surprisingly, we've done a lot of stuff yes. together. And we're and very collaborative. We are very, yeah. So even if your photographer <laughs> says that... Just give him a day to sleep on it is give my advice. Usually for me, it's like I had a rough morning yeah. or yeah. somebody else pissed me off that day. Right. But it doesn't mean your idea is not good. So yes. that's, I mean, that's important too for both jewelers but, and photographers to But to your to earlier remember. point, it's a collaborative experience. Yeah. It's not I'm just hiring you for a service, go execute. It's a right. partnership. And you have to think of it in those terms because as much as you, the jeweler, care about your brand, mm-hmm. the photographer equally cares about their brand too. Right. So that's why it's important that you're hiring people with a very similar vision to yours to begin with. Exactly. And I I think you can also, because you can find, if you find someone who's a professional and you love their work, you can let it go a little bit and trust in them. Yes, which is the point. Nine times out of ten, it it turns out great. Of course, there's going to be... You know, there's always disasters in collaborations, oh, oh, I think. Oh, my God. That happened, but hopefully this we podcast, can avoid it. Disaster. <laughs> from day one. It's really touch and go sometimes, guys. It's really um, touch and go. Well, I wanted to elaborate a little bit on what you said about um, someone that you like working mm. with. I think it's important in jewelry as well, just to that point of what you're using those images for. Like, that should drive who you're choosing cuz oftentimes it can be different based on what you're going after if you're doing a product shot or if you're doing an sure. editorial yeah. shoot you know there you can like different photographers for different things absolutely but when it comes to product shots mm-hmm. jewelry is really difficult to shoot yes. and i think if you're if you're at the point where you can afford to hire a professional photographer to do that don't hire someone who hasn't done jewelry yes, if that's what you're that's going, trying to get. Good point. And I usually say to people who are just starting out, if there's if you're spending money on nothing else but can spend money on just product photography, prioritize that. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be way more important than like getting your first campaign up and out there because yeah. uh the creative part of it Obviously, it's tremendously important to brand building, but ultimately, you have to have like the logistics down and the product photography is like your foundation. And speaking of product photography, usually when it comes to copyright usage terms, like the photographer always owns the copyright, but most Mm -hmm. photographers, when it comes to product shots, are super lax about use them indefinitely. I'm not charging you extra. Like for me, product photos are like one flat rate per image. You use them forever. I don't care what you do with them, right? Photographers are protective over the creative stuff. That's when sort of usage terms become really relevant. For most photographers, I obviously I'm generalizing, I can't speak to everybody. But for most photographers, product photos are like, pay me, 
do whatever you want, leave me alone. But, you know, you got to do it. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, and I think also when as a a young jewelry brand or even established, you know, product shots are where it's at because people want to see the jewelry and they want to see all of it and they want to see it all the time. Magazine pulls. They're going to ask for product. It has to be on pure white. It has to be like a proper standardized Mm -hmm. kind of product photograph. And that entails certain things that you just as a jeweler can't do yourself. Honestly, you just can't. I promise you, no matter how many photos you've looked at in your life or how fancy your camera, you Mm -hmm. will not be able to do it yourself. Not at that level. So magazine polls, blogs, etc., advertising, product is like you have to have it. That's it. Well, and we talk often about visuals are king. Right? Yes. That's always the most important thing most when important. you're thinking about a jewelry brand. So make sure that those are super beautiful. I agree. I think the product shots are always the first thing to go after. First thing, always. Yeah. So what's next on your list? So next thing is, speaking of usage terms, and I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, uh, models, agencies, photographers, who owns what, blah, 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 mm, blah, blah. Yes. So photographer always owns copyright. I don't care what agency is involved. I don't care who the model is. Okay. However, the agency and the model are going to have to have usage terms that uh, comply with the photographers. So like one shouldn't contradict the other that makes for a very confusing situation so that the way that it should be done is that your photographer if the photographer is the one doing the booking and the casting should provide that usage terms information to the Mm. agency if you yourself are casting for a model talk to the photographer first about usage terms and the way that you approach a booker and an agent is you say this is the client this is the rate this is these are the parameters for the model we are interested in mm-hmm. and here are the usage terms and that's when you stipulate 6 months uh, and then based on whatever those parameters are the booker will agree or disagree with the rate that you the jeweler are offering for the model mm-hmm. uh, so the booker may say okay yeah i'm willing to give you 6 months at that rate but the model will not give you a year at that rate so the model's rate has to go up so you're going to have a little bit of back and forth like that once all those conversations have happened your photographer should draft the terms of use agreement that includes mm-hmm. all of those stipulations so that you have perfect clarity on usage and the model's usage terms should not contradict the photographers because that would make no sense like how on earth to enforce that you know like that would be a disaster so everybody needs to be in agreement in alignment about everything Mm -hmm. and that will mean that your budget sometimes has to shift as a jeweler if you really want the model and you really want to be able to use the images for at least one full year or you want unlimited usage terms which means you use the images indefinitely uh, which is like not uncommon. You, I as a photographer have given plenty of clients unlimited usage terms when they've mm-hmm. paid, you know, the fee to get that. So, if that's the agreement, uh, then go into it with the understanding that, like, okay, I may have offered for this model two thousand bucks for a full day, which is eight hours in photography, but. To get her for a full year, I may have to cough up 3500 or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing out random numbers. It doesn't right. have to be even that high. But yeah, go into it with the understanding that your budget may have to shift according to how you mm-hmm. want things used. That's why it's so important to, before anything happens, mm-hmm. to have all of those terms agreed upon, an agreement drafted, all parties involved sign it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the actual agency is not the one 
that signs a usage terms agreement. Sometimes that exchange purely happens in email, which is super common because a lot of bookers kind of are very casual in that mm-hmm. way so it's just on the onus is on the photographer to make sure that that's communicated that oh, you I have see. an email record of that exchange mm-hmm. stipulating exactly that mm-hmm. and that that is then reflected in the contract the photographer hands the client got it mm-hmm. that makes sense so that's important to know whether you're doing a paid photo shoot with a professional or you're having a friend do it mm-hmm. all of those rules still apply so right. just make sure you're crossing your you know t's dotting your eyes and Make sure that you do this habitually because this is what will protect you, the jeweler, as well. Because this means then six months from now, I as a photographer can't come to you and say randomly, just on a whim, well, the copyright is mine. I no longer want you using those images because you made me mad, you know, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That would never happen with a photographer. That would never happen. I mean, it's such a reasonable, like chill, even killed kind of bunch. Why would that ever happen? Why? So you want to protect yourself as well. This isn't about just protecting the photographer. And it Mm -hmm. isn't just about making sure the photographer isn't getting screwed because photographers do get screwed a lot Mm -hmm. in this business. That's just how it, that's what happens. Mm This is also about you protecting your brand right? and making sure that you're getting your money's worth if you are paying for a professional shoot. Mm -hmm. So making sure that nobody can come to you and say, hey, I know we agreed to a year. Change my mind. Yeah. You know. So is there ever a time where someone would give up their copyright on something? So there's some legal language that I want photographers and jewelers to be aware of. Okay. If somebody puts in a contract work for hire... What that means in the United States is that you're giving up all rights to the work that you produced. Mm, Okay. Work for hire, sometimes people put that in contracts and they think that, oh, I'm hiring you as a third party to do this for me. That's actually not what that means in legalese. In legal terminology, work for hire means I am rescinding all rights to the work that I'm about to provide you with. So you pay me. I have no rights. Done. I've given up my copyright. Bye. Nothing. I'm giving it all up. Don't even send an agreement to anyone ever in your life that says that. Listen, unless you're like a major corporation and this person is a full-time employee of yours, that's where where that kind of thing happens. Mm -hmm. You as an independent jeweler... Honestly, you should not be sending people contracts that say stuff like that. It, that's not even really important to you as a jeweler. What's important okay. to you is the usage terms. Who owns the copyright doesn't really matter if the usage terms say that you can use the images indefinitely. Okay. So if, so if the photographer says, yes, for this product shoot, you can use these indefinitely, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who owns the copyright. Okay. It really doesn't. Yeah. But the photographer may say, if you want any tweaks, edits done, if you want these in different colorways, done in post, whatever the situation is, please mm-hmm. have me do it as opposed to a third party just so that there's quality control Mm -hmm. and that's a good reason to just say to the photographer yeah absolutely um i i think it's odd to ask somebody for a copyright i think it would be very i mean just put yourself in that position as a jeweler somebody's coming to you and they want to do one of those agreements what are they called where you're sort of just selling your stuff under a different brand do you know what those things are called i forget what those agreements are called Mm -mm. Somebody comes to you and they're like we love your stuff we're going to sell it under our brand we give you like you know 50 cents a pop 
a sale or yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay. That kind of thing. Like you as a jeweler are Jewelry giving, for hire. Jewelry for hire. Yeah. You're giving up a lot of rights just to make an agreement like that. Like you as a jeweler wouldn't say yes to that because your designs mean something mm. to you. And they're yeah. of value. And you're trying to protect your copyright. So just always remember that that same position is mm-hmm. one that you would be putting the photographer into. Right. And just think of how you would handle somebody coming to you and saying, give up your copyright for this in exchange for this sale. Mm-hmm. You would say, absolutely not. And the right. photographer would, is of the same exact mind. So just think of it in terms of like, you're both in the same position. So mm-hmm. don't do to the other party what you wouldn't want done to you, which is very yeah. basic. Just but that's, that's life. That's life. life right? that, sh- that should be the rule for everything in life. Mm-hmm. And we have to be gracious. We have to be forgiving. Yes, we do. I think I'm still learning to do <laughs> at 32 years old. If the usage terms say you can use them indefinitely, you don't need yeah. a copyright. Okay. Also, like Good most photographers do not care about like product photography that's not what's going to help them build their portfolio Mm -hmm. and by default you know i've never encountered a client who's like you can't use my images in your portfolio Mm -hmm. yeah i've never encountered that if anything jewelers want you to use them because it's like another it's one more possible moment one more possible sale when somebody else is promoting your work for you basically yeah so why wouldn't you want that that's so true yeah so let's talk about money. I want to talk about money. Yeah. Let's talk about pricing and market rates of, okay. of campaigns for, you know, editorial or, oh, thank you, or e-commerce. Okay. So I can only speak to a New York City market and I can only speak to a particular sector of the market. Mm-hmm. I can't speak to what a young photographer out of school is going to charge you. And I can't speak to what Patrick Demarchelier is going to charge you. Although... <laughs> Actually, I can't speak to that. It's going to be much higher. (laughs) (laughs) But I can speak to like a middle market. Okay, great. So, and this is going to be fairly similar across like major cities around the globe. It's kind of pretty much in line. So none of this stuff is crazy. Okay. Uh, Campaign photography. Starting rate, just a photographer's fee is typically going to be somewhere around 2,500. That's usually for the lowest uh, usage terms possible, which means like, I don't know, it could be like a six-month agreement for your website. Or it could Mm -hmm. be even a year and you're just using the images for your website and social media and sort of other kind of, uh, basically not for paid advertising. And how... How many hours do you get and how many photos does that usually result in? uh, If you're hiring somebody for a full day, you're hiring them for eight hours. Mm -hmm. uh, You're also then going to incur fees for hair and makeup. That has nothing to do with the photographer. The photographer Mm -hmm. may hire those people for you, and it may be a team that the photographer works with regularly, but you're still, as the client, paying for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also typical for the client to pay for a photo assistant on set and for the digital tech. It doesn't matter if this is the photographer's photo assistant that they Mm -hmm. frequently use. That is a line item that is separate. Is that inclusive of the price you just said? Like no. that usually includes no, the, the, the twenty five hundred is like just the photographer. Just a photographer and a camera. So, so what does that twenty five hundred include? So it, I guess it includes an that. eight hour full day of shooting, basically. So that that okay. entails the photographer coming, the photographer having have already like conceptualized the photo shoot, done all of that work for you, mm-hmm. shows up, shoots, executes the shoot, eight hour day. Okay. Um, 
and then separate fees for f- photo assistants typically start at $250 a day in New York City. That's okay. a normal starting rate. They go up to $500, depending on their experience levels. And usually a photo assistant, if <clears throat> if I were a jeweler and I was like, oh, what if I cut that out? Not worth it because they're going to help it move along. You'll get more product. I'm going to say this. Probably. I love that you just said this. The more... So sometimes clients will come to me and he's like, can you cut as an assistant? Can you cut uh, mm-hmm. the stylist? That would be me. I would I would be that person. And but you know I what have I would, learned. But you know what I would say <laughs> yeah. to you, and you've probably already heard this, yeah. and you know this from your experience. Uh, if you say to me, cut the stylist, cut the photo assistant, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, then I say to the client, the more that I do that day, that does not have to do with actually clicking the shutter button, mm-hmm. the less you're getting out of this exactly. whole thing. Exactly. It's worth that extra couple yes. hundred dollars. Having yeah. like one or two photo assistants on set enables me to give you way more in the way of photography that mm-hmm. day. Because I will not guarantee you a shot count of any kind. So for a full day, you shouldn't assume a number of images. I will say, okay, we're going to get probably between X number and X number of images given the concept. It all depends on what the shoot actually Mm. is and how much time it takes between setups, all of that stuff. So we'll say, okay, for a full day shoot like this, I can give you, I'm just throwing out random numbers, like 20 to 40 images, whatever the case, for a campaign. On a crinkled piece of paper, a piece of jewelry. Yes. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Still life is yet another ball game. Still life is even slower than shooting on model Mm, because (laughs) still life, most of the work in still life is actually setting up a set. And that takes time. Photo assistant. Photo assistant is valuable, helps things move along. You get more images of whether it's an on model campaign or a still life shoot. Uh, The more hands there on set, the more you're going to get that day. And there's a baseline cost to doing a shoot like that. So not hiring additional help for like a few hundred dollars here and there even though yes that does add up but you're going to get way less it's worth it i mean this is an investment for the jeweler this is an investment equally as important as the materials you buy to produce the jewelry Mm -hmm. that's the truth of this business that's the truth of fashion that's the truth of any of these business luxury kinds of businesses it's an investment as important as the materials mm-hmm. you buy right. to make the And jewelry. we're not saying necessarily an editorial shoot or a still no. life shoot. Just images of good, clear Correct. images Correct. of your jewelry that people can see so they fall in love with it. So they fall in love with it yeah. and more importantly, buy it. Right. We're trying to sell here. Trying to sell the jewelry. Trying to make some money here. So we were just finishing the co- f- what it includes. We we know um, so yes, stylist, that includes a so, photo assistant. Yes, correct. So uh, so and again, this is the New York market, and a photo assistant starts at two hundred and fifty, can go up to five hundred. Mm-hmm. Same goes for a digital tech. Uh, then the, we have something called production assistants. They tend to typically be at two hundred and fifty uh, for a full eight hour day. And production assistants basically like they're the kids on set who are like. Can I get the client a coffee? What does the photographer mm-hmm. need? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sort of those nitty-gritty kind of details. Mm-hmm. Um, t- not always necessary. It just depends on the size of the production, right? Okay. So that's typical starting rates. They go as high as 500. Hair and makeup typically starts at 600 uh, for a full eight-hour day. Each, not both combined, each 600 starting point. And they can easily go up to a thousand mm. each. Okay. So depending on the skill level, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
Okay. So that those are all commonplace uh, rates. A photographer will sometimes start two thousand twenty five hundred and can go for a full day in a kind of middle market area five thousand as a starting for uh, a full eight hour day. Okay. When you do half day shoots, you don't cut those numbers in half. Usually, people have minimums. Right. Models mm-hmm. will like starting out. Some models will be willing to do something for as low as fifteen hundred for a full day shoot. But if you then hire that same model for a half day shoot, they're not doing it for half of fifteen hundred. They're going to say, "Well, I need at least nine hundred right. or a thousand to make it worth my while." So sometimes it's better to just go for it because nine you'll get times more out of ten. Nine times out of ten, it's the value is in just doing the full. They shoot mm-hmm. because of the baseline investment that it takes to do even a half day shoot. So it just doesn't, oftentimes monetarily, it just doesn't make sense to do half days. And by the way, everyone in my business hates doing half days because mm-hmm. you can't realistically squeeze two half days in one day. It's right. not possible to yeah. do that. So everybody, nobody loves it. And that's why we have minimums to kind of discourage from doing half days mm-hmm. because we all prefer to just do a full day and you as the designer benefit from a full day much more so than yeah. a half day because think of it hair and makeup take an hour for one model mm-hmm. that's shooting time yeah you're not getting an additional hour for hair and makeup that's part mm-hmm. of your shooting time yeah so if you're doing a half day which is four hours you're getting three hours worth of shooting i mean I wouldn't do that if I were a jeweler. But anyway, so those are typical starting uh, rates. And then it's not uncommon for a photographer to then have a studio usage fee. It can be Mm -hmm. an hourly or a fee, or it can be like a blanket kind of fee for the full day. Not uncommon. And I'm guessing that in a city like New York, that's a pretty expensive It can be. It can be, yeah. It can be sometimes a minimum of just $500. Uh, for just an eight-hour day to use for a studio usage fee, and it can it can go up from there depending on mm-hmm. the space and the photographer's overhead, right? So even if the even if it is the photographer's actual studio rather than a space that she rented for the day, mm-hmm. you're still gonna pay uh, basically like what the photographer would calculate as a percentage of what their rent is for that day, that kind of thing. Right. It's not cheap so adding up a studio uh, a kind of a full day studio shoot with all of the with a model and all other parties involved a stylist all mm-hmm. that stuff stylists can cost you uh two thousand dollars for a full day depending on you know how well known mm-hmm. they are 1500 to 2000 sometimes even more than that depending on the stylist um so all of that can add up to being a uh, Basically, an investment of like six to seven thousand dollars for one full day shoot, and if it's an efficient shoot and done in studio where the photographer has a lot of control and we can get a lot more done in a day when it's in a mm-hmm. studio versus outdoors or something like that, um, you can get up to you know forty images out of that. Wow, that's great. Depending on how efficient the photographer mm-hmm. is, okay. I can usually give a client about forty images out of a day like that. And then there are instances where I say to a client, "Listen, this shoot is more complicated. You, we're going to get maybe twenty mm-hmm. for the same rate." When I'm doing still life, I've done still life shoots that are full day that cost the client quite a bit of money, where we got like ten images because it was a really complex technical still life setup with. Things like you've seen me produce, there's stuff that's floating, there's this, you know, that takes time. Mm -hmm. So, But can be exceptional. 
if you have that uh, yes. sort of budget, that's exciting place that's to ex- be. That's exciting yeah. and that's thrilling and it's thrilling for everybody involved and it's the mm-hmm. kind of work that we live to do, right? Yeah. That's, I love nothing more than a client with a budget like that who comes to me and just says, I just, I don't care about volume. I want quality. I just want it to be beautiful. And I was very lucky that prior to me going into surgery March 1st, I had a string of shoots where I had nothing but wonderful, gorgeous, fabulous clients who were like, just give me something fabulous. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And we always do our best work when we have that kind of freedom. So you as mm-hmm. the jeweler, keep that in mind. When you hire a professional, you trust them, you already love what they produce, mm-hmm. give them space and you will get the best that they're capable of. Right. You will. And mm-hmm. if they're a professional, they know the important, the star of the show is the jewelry and that that needs to show up and right. that that's what the se- selling point is. You know, like a professional commercial photographer knows all of those things. Mm-hmm. So just trust them to do their job right. and you'll get something and magical. put the work in to find that person. Yeah, it's, you know, it's worth important. it to take yeah. the time. It's worth it to take the time. Obviously, it's an investment in time. It's an investment in money, mm-hmm. but it's worth it to do because that's how you get exceptional, exceptional right. work. Okay, so back to this. Doing a campaign shoot mm-hmm. with a model, yes. we're talking six to 7,000. It can said. be around there if you have a okay. stylist and everything. So it can range from like, it's not uncommon for it to range to be 5,000 to 8,000 kind that's a normal mm-hmm. for a full day campaign right. shoot and it depends on if you've got one model or two or and if you've hired a stylist okay so so let's break <clears throat> down last thing i'm sure we have time for is mm-hmm. the the difference between still life and product shots and where those different price points kind of fall in line most people in new york city again i can only speak to this market but i know that this is also kind of true of la as well as far as the costs go, um, they charge a flat rate for product photography, typically somewhere between $35 to $55 an image. Mm. That's normal. Some people charge even more than that, and it just depends on what it is that you're looking for as the client. Uh, There are plenty of people who charge less than that, but then you get something that looks like less than that. That's just the truth of it, too. And sometimes that's all you can afford, and that's fine. you got to do what you got to do. But it's uh, a common rate range in this city, 35 to 55 for a high-quality product photo. And this mm-hmm. is per image, okay, not per piece, right? per image, per photograph. And that fee usually is a flat rate, which means that it includes retouching everything else. So mm-hmm. it's one fee, one and done. Right. And photographers will typically give you, like, unlimited usage rights for those things. Like, they do not okay. expire. You use them forever. That's it. And it's not how many photos the photographer's shooting. It's how many you select. Exactly. It's okay. it's the final retouched image, not me just haphazardly clicking away in a studio. That's right. not how that works. And right. that's not how it should work for anything. If there are retouching fees for a campaign shoot that a, ph- a photographer charges you, it's for the final selects being retouched. Mm-hmm. And that can range from $50 to $150 an image, depending okay. on who you go to. So that's right. it. The And then... For still life, mm-hmm. creative still life, oftentimes we treat that like campaigns, right? So, which means like you're kind of booking me for a half day or a full day because I can't guarantee, unless it's very simple still life, something like flat lays. Then mm-hmm. there are per image scenarios for cases like that. Super, super kind of rudimentary, simple stuff. Mm-hmm. If you want something editorial and creative, that's usually when it's like, okay, I'm not going to charge you per image for this because it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. you got to book me for a half day or a full day, and I can give you as many images within that time frame as the concept allows. 
Yeah. So the more complex the shoot aesthetically, the fewer images you're going to get. And you have to kind of weigh what's more important to you. Do I want volume out of this? Mm-hmm. Or do I want quality? I recommend you worry about quality. Volume you can produce with an iPhone for your Instagram feed on your own. Right. Exactly. You can do that. Or you, or you can hire somebody to help you with that for a lot less mm-hmm. than... Well, and that's a great point, too. When you think about the the images you're putting out as a jeweler as well, is that you can mix it up. You don't have to pay this fee for every image that your jewelry brand puts out, Correct. right? Like this is stuff that, you know, tells that brand story or that is really elevated content, which is super important. But you That's brand building. You, it's a great way to build the brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like Take the pictures on your iPhone, shoot some videos of your friends in the jewelry as well. And luckily for you, Instagram favors a more casual aesthetic mm. anyway. Yeah, so, so true. Yeah. focus when you're hiring a professional, get that high quality brand building mm. work done for your website, for lookbooks, for adverts that you're going to yeah. put out there. For Instagram, for social media stuff, a more casual aesthetic is favored. And you know this better than I do, JB. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I feel like we could do this for two hours. Oh, my God. Let me ask one more thing if we have time for it. One more thing. We have like two minutes. Okay. So last question is... what is the turnaround time typically on getting these images back from the I would love to talk about that. Okay. It's really not uncommon to wait up to a month for images. Okay. For yeah. product photography, that turnaround should be much quicker. Mm-hmm. It should be between five to 10 business days for a product shoot. Uh, it's really not uncommon to wait for up to a month for creative work. Okay. That's that's so normal. So plan ahead. So plan ahead. Don't go to a photographer and say, oh, I need these next week. And if that happens... There's a fee. There's a, a fee. fee. There should be a rush fee. And if that happens, like double check with the photographer first that they can even accommodate that. Right. Because they would be, they could be like, well, I'm booked. I like can't you. do it. Yeah. Like me, I'm usually booked up to two months out in advance. So closing words of advice. Words of advice. Throw out there. Plan for ahead. photographers and jewelers. For photographers yeah. and jewelers, for both parties involved, plan ahead. Always schedule things ahead of time. Be prepared. Don't ask for rush jobs because you will get something that looks like a rush job. I don't care how talented your photographer is. Great work requires time. It just does. And I know that it's hard to be patient. I know as a jeweler, you already have to wait because of production delays, this, that, and the other thing. Being a jeweler is basically waiting for a lot of stuff to happen. So be patient. Plan ahead. Uh, Respect both your copyright and the other per- per- person's copyright respect uh respect the fact that you're this is a partnership that you're engaging in mm-hmm. never forget that work with people you like i'm very lucky that a majority of my clients are people i love <laughs> and i love to yeah. be around and i love to work with and we have a great time together and that's when we do our best work when it's just camaraderie, it's a playmate ship, and that's when beautiful creative things happen, yeah. right? So keep that in mind. Work with people you like. Work with people you love working with and work with people who have a shared vision. Do not hire somebody who doesn't share your aesthetic already because it's going to be a very bad marriage otherwise. Mm-hmm. And the photographer is like, always going to be much happier working with people who just ask you to produce what you already do and to do it in the best way possible that was great closing advice you think so yeah okay. it was great it was all great advice thank you so much for all this wealth of information darling it's what i'm I here so for much. but i'm going home now <laughs> you're doing the rest of the day on but your yeah. own right 
We only, yeah. yeah, we only have seven more podcasts to record today. Yay. So, um, if you're in New York and you need a Julie photographer, I think you guys know who to call. Um, you can connect with us on nycjewelryweek.com and at alonsimich, A-L-A-I-N-S-I-M-I-C.com for all your photography needs. And we'll see you guys next time. Did oh, I you wanted to call me? Yeah. No. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> like I was a like, wait, you want joke. them to call me after that? <laughs> after I said, That's oh, funny. I'm incredibly difficult. You're not going to tell me what to do. But you're going to pay me a lot of money to do it. <laughs> it's appe- Somehow it's appealing. What is, is that? It? I don't know. Okay. That I was think good. That was good, yeah. Okay, good. High five. End of episode. Colleagues.